all right we're back with oh god another episode so uh as usual i'm gonna get to start off a little bit of history on this day in 1987 actress marley matlin won um the oscar for best actress um for the film children of a lesser god um have you seen that i've never seen it all the way through but i know it's a pretty a pretty famous film yeah, it's it's really good and it's it's long, so I'm not surprised you haven't seen it all the way through. But yeah, it's good. Um, in 1992, Jodie Foster won uh, an Academy Award, the 64th Academy Awards, and this was for Best Actress as well for her role in Silence of the Lambs, which is probably her most famous role. listening to this then that means you press play on another edition of the Instagramable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Today we close the month of March with our quarter one review looking back on our top three film and tv series from the last three months and we look ahead to see what's coming up in quarter two. We'll also recap the two episode mid-season finale of HBO Max's Generation. But first let's run some brand spanking news. So first up, um, it has been announced that Sharon Osbourne is leaving the talk after an investigation of an alleged racist comments and other uh, misconduct on the set with the other cast members. Um, As we know, this has been sort of like a month-long ordeal, and um, she did not leave empty-handed. She got a $10 million payout, so. Damn. Yeah. It, what's crazy is that you know she she's in the wrong but it seems like if she hadn't doubled down she may have been all right right just yeah. listen and say right. oh okay, i did it <laughs> even if you didn't get it just play along right. i don't understand why but i guess that's i mean white privilege just allows you to sort of maneuver yeah i guess so um, in some cancellation news, Stars has canceled American Gods. Um, season oh, wow. three will be its final season. I believe it just wrapped up, possibly. Um, this is a show that starred uh, Ricky Whittle. Um, who else was in it? A bunch of different people. Um, I actually watched season one, and then I watched the first episode of season two, wasn't filling in, and the whole thing with Orlando Jones came out about his fire being a mistreatment, so I was kind of off it since then. So uh, they're thinking of possibly having a final TV movie to wrap up this series, but it's still a possibility at this point. So RIP to American Gods. And lastly, today was announced that Donald Fazion from Clueless and Scrubs is joining the Powerpuff Girls live action series at the CW. He'll be playing Professor Utonium. Oh, wow. Yes, so that's got me much more interested in the series. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so just, I'm, I'm I, okay. I'm interested, but I'm still so, it's just gonna be strange for it to be live action, but. Right, I don't know how much like superheroing they're actually gonna be doing. Right, you know? that's what has me worried. Yeah, so it might just be, I mean, CW, they sort of, um, superheroes are sort of like their bread and butter, but I don't know how much we're going to be seeing on here exactly. But it's definitely an interesting concept, especially with Diablo Cody sort of behind the scenes. So 
All right. Well, I've got the few stories that I have here. Uh, first, and I'm surprised that the list isn't longer, but uh, Mark um, Hamill from the Star Wars fame and um, James Mangold, the director and everything. And, and anyways, the two of them are some of the first people to come out to refuse to film in the state of Georgia. Uh, and this comes after Georgia's kind of put in place this very restrictive and dangerous uh, voting bill. It's it's voter suppression. There's no way to, there's no other way to look at it, but um, so many films are filmed in the state of Georgia, I think because of the, the tax cut or something, or for some reason it's cheaper there. Yeah. But um, uh, we're just kind of curious to see if any more actors and directors kind of take this, this similar stand. Yeah, I, I was waiting to see when Hollywood would react because when it was the abortion bill, it was just automatic. Right, right. So I'm, I'm glad someone's finally speaking out, but I need more people to. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, in other news, uh, the Tribeca Film Festival, um, what happens in New York, is going to be a 12-day in-person event. This will be the first North American film festival to, you know, kind of go back to the way that film festivals are usually are, you know, it's going to be the first one to have in-person events. And so, Hmm. um, yeah, kind of curious to see how this is going to happen. And I think another thing, it's in the summer, this is June 9th to June 20th. So it's going to be a heat of summer. People are going to be excited. So, um, it's big and it's exciting, but there's still that kind of worry, like, uh, hold on a second. But to be fair, it seems like they've had, they haven't planned out. There's like, there's multiple screens and the seating is, is really spaced out. People are still keeping the distance. So um, I guess my thing is like the, the other events, if those still happening. So I guess we'll see how that plays out. Um, and then lastly, uh, Amanda Seyfried is going to play uh, Elizabeth Holmes, the Theranos woman who had that documentary on HBO about being able to like, uh, what was it? it? It was something about one drop of blood would be able to tell people so much about themselves or something. Yeah, it was like, like an express lab sort yeah. of procedure. Yeah. So she is going to play her. And this comes after Kate McKinnon uh, Kate McKinnon was supposed to do it, but she is replacing Kate McKinnon. So I don't know. Should be interesting. They kind of resemble each other, but yeah. um, I think uh, people will tune into that because just that story is so bizarre. That documentary, <laughs> that documentary yeah, caught so many people. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it because once Kate dropped out, I was like, well, what's happening with the project? You didn't hear right. anything else about it, so. Yeah, I'm definitely right. looking forward to that. Uh, and trailer things, we've got a few, a few several trailers to uh, uh-huh. kind of go through. First up, we got the first look of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad from a few years back. Right. Um, this one does have a few other uh, recurring uh, characters in Viola Davis's Amanda Waller along with uh, Joel Kinnaman's, uh, whatever that guy's name is. 
and the actor that plays Boomerang Man. So those characters are coming over as well as Margaret Robbie's Harley Quinn. Um, and then they added, you know, Idris Elba, John Cena, just a ton of other actors. Yeah. Uh, did you catch the trailer? If so, what did you think? Yeah, I did. Um, it looks like it'll be pretty good. I, I'm always so, uh, what's the word? I'm kind of like behind when it comes to superhero things or any type of, that's not superheroes, but like comics. So, you know, I'll watch it. Then I have to go and do like, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like read up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one, I mean, it's not, I guess it's sort of like a spiritual sequel, but it's sort of like a rebranding too. So there's not much right, right. that's continuing over. Just basically these are a bunch of villains who get recruited for a mission and then if they disobey Amanda Waller, she kills them. Yeah. So so yeah. Um and the second trailer I saw was Netflix's Stowaway, which comes out later this month. Um, this stars Tony Collette, Daniel Day Kim, um, Anna Kendricks and Shamir Anderson. And okay. uh Kendricks, Kim, and Colette are astronauts going on a mission to a, a space station in Mars. And Shamir Anderson's character sort of accidentally becomes a throwaway. He was like a, I guess, a ship tech that got stuck on there. Yeah. And some mistake he makes in his work cuts their oxygen supply to a certain limited amount. So as they're wow. traveling, they have to decide which one of them is going not it's not going to survive so they can complete the mission basically okay so it's like a space thriller yeah, that could be interesting. <clears throat> yeah it looked pretty good um I, i'm interested and it's a great boost for shamir anderson who's he's been in other things but he's never been in something like sort of this um yeah uh tentpole like film especially with acts like colette and kim and kendrick so i'm all excited right. to see how it goes all right all right, yeah, the other two I added on here, and um, um, the first one is Spiral, and this is a film that is, it's the ninth film in the Saw horror franchise. So, and this one is, it stars Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, and they're kind of teaming up um, as like detectives to try to find the serial killer in the, I don't know. It, it looks the same, but it, there's like a little new twist. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the people in a room trying to play these games to get out. This is, it kind of looks like seven. Have you ever seen seven with, you know, yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman and yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah. This is what it seems like. So um, I'm interested in, in that, but after, it's just like after nine movies, I, I'm not sure if the, if the uh, the love for the franchise is still there, but I'm sure some people will check it out. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think that comes out in May. Um, then the second one I have is also a horror film, and this one is, stars Rebecca Hall, and this is called The Night House. And this trailer is is trippy, and apparently it was at Sundance for 2020, and I I didn't see it, but oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, no, I don't remember seeing it, but uh, it uh, it comes out July 16th. And the, the story, at least from what I can gather from the trailer, is about a woman whose husband has built a lake house 
he kills herself he kills himself but he was into like some deep freaky stuff and somehow there's like a mirrored house oh wow that makes a house exists it's like upside down parallel worlds and blah 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 i don't know but it looks really good and so um yeah like i said that's july 16th and uh be interested to see that 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 does sound interesting definitely yeah. horrors horrors becoming more i mean it's always been a subgenre but it's getting a lot more uh right a different directors are getting different chances to tell different stories so i know horror it's getting, definitely exciting. right it's getting better yeah definitely all right we'll now get into our streams of the week Let's see. First up, I watched the three-episode premiere of Amazon Prime's Invincible, based mm-hmm. on Robert Kirkman's um, long comic book run. It tells the story of Mark Grayson, who happens to be the son of one of the world's uh, most championed heroes, Omni-Man. And yeah. he, uh, Grayson's what, like 17 years old, so he finally gets his powers, which are a little late later in life, he was supposed to get him around maybe 12, 13. So he's sort of following in his father's footsteps, but after a sudden tragedy, um, there will be questions about, you know, what actually makes a hero and where right. the trajectory is going, really going to be. Um, the first episode was much of world building, sort of like introducing the characters, felt very formulaic until the last two minutes. Right. And it gives you sort of this twist that sort of jet sets the rest of the series and the mystery that that has to be solved. Um, it's 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 pretty decent. Again, all star cast. Uh, it's very gory, so yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of blood and guts, but it, it was pretty decent. I'm definitely looking forward to the next set of episodes they decide to release. It drops every Friday. And then yesterday, I had some time, or Sunday, Sunday I had some time to check out Netflix's new series, The Irregulars. Um, this is set in London, I guess, Victorian or whatever past, where a, a group of um, sort of orphan teenagers are recruited by Dr. John Watson to solve supernatural mysteries. And they soon discover that there's a, a rift has opened that that's allowing people to dip into this power and this alleged power somehow uh, has vanished Sherlock Holmes, like he's missing and no one's seen him since he was looking into these, this anomaly. So um, it, it's pretty interesting. I love the way they, um, have like constructed the way the powers affect different people and makes them do like their most darkest, um, not desires, but right. darkest thoughts. They like they actually act, move, move on their darkest thoughts and feelings. So it, it's pretty decent. The cast is pretty good um, and the graphics are pretty good for a Netflix thing. So, okay. hmm. all right. Um, yeah, so the show I watched is called Truth Seekers and uh, is on Amazon Prime. And the premise is just a, it follows a cable guy 
and his new partner in in the company and they go to houses fix up cable and along the way they start kind of becoming ghost hunters and this kind of little mystery unravels and it's it's really kind of quick and a fun laugh i think the episodes are like 30 minutes and there's maybe six of them but it's uh it's by simon Pegg and uh he's the guy he's always with nick frost they did Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz and all those movies and um yeah it was just quick and it was really kind of funny but they leave you with kind of a setting up the second season but then after i finished the series i read that the season the show had been canceled i was like damn man like (laughs) always seems to happen yeah always always but yeah all righty that brings us to our no concessions uh film recommendation of the week so what do you have for us this week brandon Okay, this week I am recommending the Pele documentary on Netflix. Um, I don't talk about it a lot because it's not a sports podcast, but I am a huge uh, soccer fan, always have been my whole life. And so Pele is like, you know, the first person you learn about when you play soccer. But um, it's this is really interesting because you see more of him. Like, uh, I mean, this guy was huge in like the 50s. He's an old man now. And um he kind of changed the game and changed Brazil just at the age of 17. But you kind of see his personal life. You see his why he says the things he says when it comes to pol- political issues. And just it's really interesting. Um, I think one thing we as Americans don't take a, account of is um, you know, we, we know we had slavery here, but we don't really take account of just how many other Black people there are in the world outside of the continent of Africa. Yeah. And Brazil has the biggest number of, of Black people outside the continent, continent of Africa in the world. And um, you kind of get a little bit about the racist history in Brazil because it's there and, and what he meant to people of color. It's, it's really interesting. It's good. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out because I tend to shy away from docu- documentaries, but they're really good most, yeah, most yeah. of the time. So yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, we will take a quick break here and come back with our knots and feature presentation. Welcome back to It's a Stream of Life, and we will get into the knot segment with our review of the mid-season finale of HBO Max's Generation. Um, episode six, The Wheels of the Bus- the Wheels on the Bussy. Yes. And episode seven, Deserted Island. Um, I like how the story has sort of literally followed like everything they said they're going to do. Like yeah, they didn't mention yeah. like a trip to San Francisco and then it not happened. You know what I'm right. saying? It's going sort of the narrative is following what they've set up. Um, so the wheels on the bussy opened with Delilah and her friends just sort of like deciding what to do with the baby. Yeah, kind of. And like whether I think she's decided that she's gonna give it for adoption, right? Like she's like mm-hmm. drop it off. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. 
which I mean, they always have a, a funny opening scene. So you see them like in the car rushing to the fire, the I guess fire station or whatever, just like reviewing the laws and whatnot. And just right. like, I, I think I really appreciate the way they talk like kids because kids don't have any yes. knowledge of how things work. So right, right. It, it's very whimsical and like just matter of fact and makes total nonsense to us adults, but it's definitely right. in a kid kid sense of mind. And I think we've touched on that before, but um, you know, I think this comparisons to Euphoria are inevitable. But the, the what this does that Euphoria doesn't is like they behave like children. Yeah. Yeah. Just the ups and downs and, and moods and the things they say, the enthusiasm. Yeah, it seems much more realistic. Yeah, it's definitely like the eyes of a child type of thing. Like, right. Not, I mean, they have issues, but they're not as um, downtrodden as they appear. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we open with that and then the episode transitions to the kids getting ready for their trip to San Francisco. So you have Greta speaking with her mom and sort of this tug of war she's having you know, internally with right. herself because um, she doesn't want to she doesn't want to disappoint her mother but at the same time she wants to be able to live you know her truth right um so they're all sort of getting ready naomi is still hating nathan because he's dating or whatever ariana her best friend right. so you have them bickering back and forth um and like everyone's getting ready to get on the bus and the bus, I guess, blows a tire or something happens with the bus midway. Right, yeah. And you get this moment where, you know, the kids are kind of thrown. And of course, Chester was sitting with Sam talking, whatever. And just our reaction, you know, because he's a counselor, he right. grabs Chester from falling. And Chester right, right. You know, sees this as like a sign that they're meant to be together or whatnot. And I think that's a good thing. And in the second episode, we'll hit on that more, but relationships and just feelings when you're younger, like you said, you don't think things through when you're a kid. And, right. you know, Chester's reaction is very much an example of that. Like he grabbed him to save him from, you know, falling on the floor. And now he's like, you know, got little hard eyes for him. So, right. It's like he is like he's been shot by the arrow, like as right. his. Prince Charming is here and it you're right it definitely it's it's in a kid's mind they conflate things to you know the most dramatic <laughs> hyperbolic meanings when it's it's really just just not yeah. that which I th I really appreciate um so they end up pulling over to a restaurant in the middle of conservative town USA somewhere right, right. we have that little brief incident and Riley and Greta have a brief interaction with the camera and just sort of like their relationship um and then we finally get to well where how does this episode end I think this one ends with them kind of getting sorted into their rooms right into their rooms right yeah because um yeah the second episode is them just the in the hotel yeah yeah so episode seven is the actual final episode of this half of the season. And it's called Deserted Island. 
and they end up at this hotel. And this is the part that really reminded me of being a kid because you would go on these field trips and yeah. you're just like for a kid, like a Holiday Inn or even like a Motel 6 was, you know, luxury, right. quote unquote. And they just, they're just being kids, like having fun, yeah. running down the, the aisle, the hallway and jumping Absolutely. in the pool and being loud. It was just sort of fun to, to see that. Um, so you have um, sort of like a, everyone's grouped together. Uh, Riley and Greta, of course, got rooms together. Naomi and Ariana and Delilah were together. Nathan yeah. ended up with the guy named Cooper. He's like a new, they kind of introduced his new character. Yeah. Um, and then Chester was with somebody i forget yeah oh i can't remember yeah near can i but anywho yeah. uh <laughs> that i uh, again they do this this great uh narrative thing with sort of like the um converging timeline so like yeah uh, we start with the game of truth or dare and of course things get heated you know Chester gets asked a certain question. He can't handle it. So he makes an excuse like this is boring, whatnot. Um, right. Someone dares Riley to go buy some alcohol with her fake ID. Um, she So she goes to do that. And like everyone's in their own separate worlds, but they, they're all within the same timeline, which I really like. It's, it's just an interesting way to, to uh, explore the, the episode. Um, so Delilah and Greta have this moment um and again that struggle internal struggle with Greta comes out as not really it's not really homophobia but it's like shaming almost yeah yeah because she feels that she really likes Riley but she doesn't want to like Riley because of what her mother thinks and right. plus, so, so she turns on her, sort of like accuses her of like, what type of girl you think I am? You know, I don't hook up, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it really hurts Riley's feelings. So it pushes her into the room of, what's her name, Luce? Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, and she's sort of like the butch sort of player lesbian of the group. Right. Um, yeah. And, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. When she started addressing, and then Greta was like, her face changed. I was like, hold on a second, what's happening? Like, yeah, I was like, isn't this what you wanted? Like, right. but just, you know, all you had to do was say, we're moving too fast. Like, that's all you had to right, say. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it just came off as shaming and it, you know, sort of put a rift between them. Um, and then Naomi, Nathan, Ariana, you finally get to sort of the root of why Naomi's angry. She's not really mad at Ariana. Right. Nathan she's mad that she knows Nathan doesn't really like her like that right right and it's sort of proven um because they're dared someone dared Nathan to have a three-way kiss with Ariana and Chester and you know he spent a little longer time kissing Chester and Ariana and Naomi's like look he's stringing you along and you know Ariana questions him and you know sort of the, sort of the truth so Naomi was just trying to be a, bit, a good friend, but it was just coming off a little bitchy. Right, right. 
And then finally we have Chester who, after being pressed about his, oh, before Chester, I did want to mention the uh, Cooper guy. That's his name, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's actually a straight ally of the group because his... His, uh, his trans brother. Right, right. Yeah. Um, his brother just transitioned and he wants to be supportive because his parents aren't really getting it and right. he wants to learn to help them, which I thought was like a great character reveal because, you know, we, we he was there, but you just assume that everyone's, you know, part of the community, but you know, here's someone that's trying to be an ally and that interaction right. and, was really cool. And they kind of gave him like the the uh, kind of like the broy douchey kind of like uh air to him and then he comes out you know having this actual this meaningful reason of being there so right right more meaningful than ariana because <laughs> yeah absolutely she's just there to i don't know be there with naomi um but yeah so i thought it was a real touching moment then we get to chester who you know being pressed on who his secret admirer is or whatnot he changes the subject and deflects um, so he goes outside and is alone by the pool. Um, and Sam, the counselor, comes out and they're talking, whatnot. And in this moment of solitude, or whatever, Chester confesses that he is, you know, the mystery person that sort of interacted with him on the app and starts professing his love to him and saying, like, we're meant to be together. And he, you know, asks him, you know, if you're on a deserted island, you can be with one person who would it be and you know he's sort of trying to force Sam to say it's him despite you know it being statutory rape and all this other stuff and Sam does the right thing and says this can't be I wouldn't choose you right and of course to a, a teenager it's devastating and this would be the Emmy reel for just the Smith yeah when or if he's if he's nominated because um similar to sort of um Zendaya's uh scene at the door from euphoria his reaction to that rejection um was amazing like we we know that he's he wears this tough exterior um and is sort of the leader of the pack but he's very lonely um and that rejection sort of pushes him to the edge. Yeah. And, and I kind of hope the second half brings us a little bit more, uh, a more in-depth look at, at all of them. I think what hurts the show is it being 30 minutes and it having, you know, nearly 10 characters. Yeah, you only get, you know, two to three minute blips of each one. And so. Yeah, yeah. So that was episode six and seven of Generation. Not sure when they'll return. I do know a few actors posted that that they were done wrapping their their mm. time in, in the studio or in filming. So it should be coming up sometime later this summer, hopefully. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the show. It, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's good. I, like I said, I got to start reading reviews beforehand, but... Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, this this is better than what I than what I read from those reviews. Right, so. right. Mm-hmm. 
that completes our not segment and we have our feature presentation up next with our quarter one review and our quarter two preview. So we will start with a quarter one pre review. Um, looking back on the first three months of 2021 and just sort of hitting our uh, top favorites in film and TV that we watched in January, February, and March. Well, not individually, but just all together. Yeah. Correct. So whoever wants to go first, we can just start with the TV section um, and then the film section. We can just go back and forth and then hit up the uh, preview. Okay. Yeah, you can go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, starting with t television, my number three pick was uh, HBO Max's Search Party. Mm, um, yeah. This was season four of the dark comedy, and it was the had to be the darkest and funniest season yet. Um, just sort of the arc that um, our main character Dory has gone on, the places that it led you. Um, the performances from the guest stars uh, were just, were great. Um, the writing is really good. Um, and I think um, next season will be even better whenever it decides to come out. It's it's such a great comedy. I wish more people would get into it. It is yeah. very, very niche, but um, it's, it's such a great show. And I'm glad it survived this long. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's my first one. Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, I'll do the same way. Uh, for me, the what would be my third, I would have to pick um, Behind Her Eyes, the show on Netflix. I'm not sure. Have you watched that yet? Not yet, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Yeah, it, the twist in it is nuts. And uh, this one just kind of follows a, a young woman who... Um, becomes friends with another young woman who seems kind of i don't unstable mentally unstable and then we find out that she is and then we find out why and there's just a lot of twists and turns and it's pretty good it's a it's it's different but uh it's it's what netflix is good at you know like mm. making short things that draw you in and you can't turn away so right <laughs> enjoyed it all right definitely have to check it out it's on my list i'm i'm slowly getting back to netflix hbo max right. like occupying all my time <laughs> um and of course disney plus where we have my second pick uh marvel's wandavision um as the first you know series of this new age for marvel the mcu i didn't know what to expect and what we got was like just Right. catnip for mcu fans and and not mcu fans alike um each week uh it was just another turn another twist us anticipating you know the the story that they were telling which was really just a story about a woman um and her trying to push through this insurmountable grief and loss as she's sort of tackled and struggled with all her life um, right. and actually her sort of finally you know accepting and coming to terms with the grief and also be realizing who she is despite that grief so um it, it was definitely good and we'll s definitely see more of that story um when the film start to come out so yeah right. she was wandavision 
Okay. Um, let's see. My number two, I think I'd have to go with probably Generation. Uh, it kind of exceeded my expectations. I've already, I, I literally just said that because I read the the reviews and everything, and that kind of um, had me expecting something different. But yeah, it's been really good, and I've enjoyed it. It's <laughs> it's it's still strange to be you know nearly thirty years old and watching stories about teens because it just you know it it hits differently now. I'm nowhere close to the age, but. I don't know for for it's good so i mean definitely yeah all right my number one for quarter one was it's a sin uh the hbo max limited series about the aids epidemic in uh london back in the early 80s or mid 80s whenever um i didn't know what to expect for only five episodes they managed to captivate so much emotion and themes of, you know, family, um, non-traditional family, and just sort of camaraderie, especially at a time when, um, when then, like, no one really knew what was happening. And, right. you know, the people that were supposed to be helping, you know, didn't. Um, it was just extraordinary extraordinary limited series so that was my number one yeah and mine was the exact same so i don't even need to speak about it <laughs> just oh. the same the same reasons that you just said but it was I, I just love it when you go into a show not um not knowing what to expect but then you're just blown away yeah and what i will say about the show what i did like is that it showed the reality of it because you know, you got close to the characters and then boom, you know, they, they didn't play favorites, you know, the, yeah. you know, they were, they're gone. So it was, it was really good. Yeah. And that was, I think that was a good thing too. Like it showed just how, how really devastatingly devastating right. that time was like people were losing total friend groups, just, right. Just rapidly. Like we think COVID, you know, it's it's some way similar, but there's literally no comparison to what was happening. No, absolutely not. Then in that community, so yeah, it was definitely up there. I hope it definitely wins some awards next year. It's going to have some oh, yeah. competition, but I'm looking should. forward to this year's Emmys. Uh, right, we'll go to film. You can start us off with the film. Okay, um, <laughs> well, this should be easy because I was thinking about doing ones from Sundance, but I'm going to just well some of the more obscure ones from Sundance, but I'll pass over that. So I will start with um, Malcolm and Marie. And that's the one with, um, oh God, what's his name? Is it David Washington? John David Washington, yeah. John David Washington and uh, Zendaya. And they are the couple who spend the time during this, you know, almost two hour film arguing and talking and kind of fleshing out their feelings about the relationship and, um, yeah, it, it, it was good. It was, once again, better than what I was expecting, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was maybe a little bit too long and they probably could have cut some of the dialogue, but it, it, for what it was worth, it was it was decent. Alrighty. My number three is actually when I premiered at Sundance, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, yes. 
I was blown away by um, the film, <clears throat> the performances, and just the story. Because um, we don't grow up reading about Fred Hampton or the Black Panthers. No. So just, you know, aligning that story to our, our present time, a lot of the same issues are being discussed and occurring. And, you know, he was sort of like the, um, basically the chairman of like some of these thoughts and causes people are trying to bring back to the forefront today. So he was right. very ahead of his time. So that's my number three. All right. Uh, my number two, and this was hard, uh, but uh, my number two was Nomadland. Mm. And um, this is the one with Frances McDormand where she's, it's during the financial crisis of 2008. And uh, she's, she's decided to become a nomad to kind of deal with everything that's going on in her life. And I think why I really enjoyed this is because one, you know, we lived through this crisis. We may not have really realized it at the time, but um, it, I'm, I, you know, there's some truth to this story. Is the thing, and yeah. I think that's why I really enjoyed it. And um, it was, it was just overall, it was good. And I, I can't see it losing uh, best picture at the Oscars. So, yeah, definitely. I think it's on the. If it does, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, I'll be extremely surprised. All right, my number two, this was difficult, and I think I just had to go with this one because it it quietly blew me away, uh, was Mass, um, mm. the film from Sundance. Um, for, for starters, it's from an actor who's, this is his first film. Yeah. Um, the actor from Cabin in the Woods, who played like the weed right. character, I was, I was really surprised. But uh, the film tackles, you know, the ramifications of, you know, a mass shooting. Right. Uh, and just thinking of, you know, the, the events of the past few weeks and the events that continue to happen in this country because we don't address certain issues. Right. Um, it sort of tackles those hard to answer questions, you know, the whys and what could we be done differently. And just, it's, it's a very, and, and, and very emotional um, film with great performances from basically the four actors that consume maybe the two hour uh, time limit. So once that's out, I definitely recommend people people to see it. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then the last one, and I, I just gotta get a little bit of disclaimer. I <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah is still one of the best films I saw, but in terms of films that just absolutely, I, I had to put in there, number one takes is Saint Maud. Now this film came out technically last year, but we finally got to see it earlier this year. And this is about um, the young woman who is a religious person and she has kind of like this messed up background, but she's working now as like a, um, kind of like a caretaker to a, a sick and elderly woman. And the way this story plays out and everything that happens, it's just, it, it's it's out of control and it's really really good and um it's well worth the wait like uh you know and uh i'm glad i finally got to, to see it and i hope more people get to see it because it's it's a good i guess you can say it's horror i don't know i don't know where it fits but it's good i know that much 
Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I remember the trailer and then, you know, delays and whatnot. So I'll definitely try Right, to- right. My number one is another Oscar nominated film, and it is Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Um, I finally got to see it a couple weeks ago, and Carrie Mulligan was excellent. If there's anyone that's going to challenge Frances McDormand for the Oscar, it's Carrie. Right. Um, she's stunningly just consumes the film, every scene. Um, she's just so methodical and the story is just heartbreakingly honest right. um, that you can't, you can't dismiss like this this age of sort of like trying to defeat rape culture and whatnot. You, you can't dismiss Me Too. You can't dismiss right. any of those causes once you see this film because although we know it's been going on for centuries, um, this just sort of reinforces it. Um, just just a great performance by Carrie Mulligan. And it's funny. That's that's it's Emerald yeah. did a great job at, at balancing, you know, the, the humor with the dark tone. Um, but yeah, it's an excellent film. All right, right, that wraps our quarter one review, but we'll now get into our quarter two preview, um, citing our most anticipated film and TVs for the next three months. So we'll start with April and we'll just um, each just list our most most anticipated series and films that we're interested in, I cannot talk for (laughs) each month, um, starting with April. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so for me, um, and 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 shows. There's a new show coming on, and this is April, called Gangs of London. And this is on AMC, and it's just like it sounds. It, it's a, uh, but it's modern day, and it's about just kind of like uh, gangs and uh, a little bit of police work and everything happening in in modern day London, and um, it's. Some people that if you watch British shows, you'd recognize, but since, you know, we don't live there, I'm not going to say their names, but it uh, starts the 23rd of April, I believe, and I'm excited to see that. AMC's usually pretty good with their shows, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, and then the second show I have on here is The Nevers on HBO, which I think we've talked about before when the trailer came out. And this is coming up quickly. This is April 13th, I believe. And this is the show about the, um, like a small, well, not a small group, but a certain group of people have powers, most of them being women. And they are kind of being hunted and tracked down. And uh, for what reason, we're not really sure yet, but it looks like it will be exciting. I think it'll be really good. So yeah, that's that for shows. Did you want me to do movies as well? Yeah, yeah, just go ahead and do both. So you will both do each month or whatever, yeah. Okay, and for movies, the only movie I'm really excited for in April is Mortal Kombat. And I think that's April 13th, sometime in the middle of April, so. um, Yeah, they just announced today that has been pushed back a week. So it's gonna be Oh man, come on. April 23rd. 
Oh God. All right. Well, April 23rd, but yeah, for April in terms of movies, that's the one I'm, I'm really the most excited about seeing. So. All right. Okay. For me, for the month of April TV, I also had Gangs of London. Um, I wanted AMC plus to see this so bad, right. but I've already got too many streaming services. So we're just right. catch it like, debuts on AMC. Um, I've heard great things about it. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then April 20th, Freeform drops their series Cruel Summer. And mm. this is being produced by Jessica Beale. Um, I think other producers from her series, The Center. It stars Olivia Holt as this young teen princess in like 1995 or whatever. And she goes missing. And basically it's to solve the mystery of like who killed you know the the queen bee basically right, right. Um, so it i've heard great things about it and it mm. looked like that soapy sort of team mystery that riverdale used to be so right because riverdale right now is is a mess yeah so that's april 20th and then april 1st i have not watched svu in years but <laughs> i will be there for the crossover event Right. I will bring Elliot Stabler back to NBC. Um, he's returning for the episode of Law and Order SVU. And then right after that, his new series, Organized Crime, will debut. So, oh. yeah. All right. I'm looking, very looking forward to that. Film-wise, uh, Moral Combat, of course, April 23rd now. I might go to the theater for that because I don't think... Yeah, TV's uh, not going to do it justice. Yeah. So I have my mask on, you know, distance, but I definitely want to see it for that. Uh, April 2nd, I believe Hulu drops the WeWork documentary. Okay. About the rise and fall of this sort of startup company from right. a CEO that was like sort of very strange. They're always very strange. Right. Um, and how that all went down. And April 3rd, Prime drops uh, Without Remorse. From Tom Clancy, and this stars Michael B. Jordan as a vengeful uh, Marine, whatever that's coming for the government after they murder his wife and unborn child. Oh, okay. So that's the month of April. We're now transitioning to May. Uh, let's see, I'll go first this time. Um, right. For TV, we have May 2nd. The final season of FX's Pose will drop. Um, they will not be continuing for season four, so we'll have to see how this goes. And it's only going to be seven episodes, which is wow, kind of sad. I think with COVID, yeah, you know, the show that centers on like the balls and everything, they just couldn't couldn't really yeah, that's true. continue production. So this will be the final season. Um, then oh oh, that actually got the wrong date. Okay, on May fourteenth. Um, Prime will premiere the Underground Railroad, and this mm -hmm. is a limited series based on <clears throat> what's his name, Colston Whitehead's book, um, being directed by Barry Jenkins, and it sort of reinterprets uh, the Underground Railroad as a real live um, train station that has escorted slaves to slavery. So, um, wow. yeah. It, it seems really interesting. We've all seen a bit 
teaser. We haven't seen like a full trailer yet. And then on May 4th, I will be tuning into Star Wars The Bad Batch. I've actually dropped the first trailer for that. It's an animated uh, series on Disney Plus. I will follow a group of um, clone fighters in the universe sometime. And the premiere episode is 70 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen an animated thing that long. Wow. That long. Yeah. So the premiere episode will drop May 4th. And then every Friday, they'll drop new episodes on Disney Plus. Okay. And in film, um, Netflix on May 12th has a movie called Oxygen. Looks like a sci fi sort of thriller. A woman wakes up in a cryogenic chamber. And she realizes that the auction level is about to run out. And there's a voice coming from someone that's supposed to help her sort of this, get Yeah, out. I did see that trailer. Yeah, I remember who she is and whatnot. And then HBO is dropping a documentary called Crime of the Century, which will explore sort of the root causes and ramifications of the opioid epidemic. Okay. Well, all right. Um, yeah, mine's pretty short. For shows, the one, the only show I really wanted to see was Pose, which you spoke about. And um, I was actually late to Pose, not like second season late, but late to the first season. I had to go back and I kind of binged it in like a one sitting. And then, you know, I've been with it ever since. So yeah, I'll be excited to see how that ends. And then for movies, um, uh, Cruella about Carla mm-hmm. DeVille starring Emma Stone. That comes out the 28th of May, I believe. And so I'm interested in seeing that finally, since, you know, it seems like we heard about it like two years ago. Right, right. And then um, one I'm really interested in seeing because I was kind of blown away by the first one and I'm curious how this one goes, but uh, May 28th as well, A Quiet Place Part Two. So. Ooh. Yes. Glad one in theaters. Yeah, and what's crazy is you haven't heard much about this. I've not heard anything about it this year so far. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how this one plays out. Yeah, yeah. without John Krasinski, I'm guessing. So. Right. Yeah. All right, and that brings us to June. June's for a shorter, just because you know things have been announced. Which right, are right. Still in pandemic land. Um, for me, TV wise, I'm just here for Loki on Disney Plus. Um, will be the continuation of that character's ex expeditions or whatever through time. Right. Um, and then film wise, we have June 11th, Andrew Max's In the Heights, the right. musical first music from Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, it looks pretty good. It right. should be good. And then Hulu will drop a movie called False Positive on June 25th that stars the one girl from Broad City. Uh, her name's like Ilana Glazer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I re- actually read the article because I usually don't read the articles in the Entertainment Weekly. But <laughs> I read the article about the film and it, it looks really interesting um, about a woman who gets pregnant um, with the help of like a fertility doctor, but it sort of explores the darker themes of, um, what she call it? I guess, 
uh, I don't know the technical term, but sort of like administrative uh, paternity and like oh, like uh, IVF in for fertilization. I can't remember the maybe something like that. Yeah, but just yeah. sort of like it's supposed to explore like just how little control women have in those situations. Wow. Um, so she said it's like similar to like Rosemary's Baby, like sort of like that. So. I'm definitely oh, wow. interested to see her in like this first dramatic role. Okay. Yeah, that will be interesting. Um, all right. My list is really short because I didn't have many shows. And then for movies, you just spoke about it in the Heights. So um, I'm curious to see how that goes. I was, oh God, I got annoyed by Hamilton so quickly. So anything with Lynn Manuel Miranda kind of, uh, it's like, uh, I don't know. But yeah. He was decent in which one call it his dark material. So I'm and and this is more up his alley. So we'll see. I think I'll probably enjoy it. But um, yeah, I still um, haven't seen Hamilton. So oh, neither have I. I was just tired of hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I really didn't expect the whole movie to be that rapidly rap. Yeah, that that just doesn't hit for me. And once I figured that out, I was like, how are people sitting through this? This is cringy, man yeah and it's three hours so right right low too much there uh what will you be streaming for the weekend um stuff i said i was gonna watch last weekend that i did not so <laughs> that's tina on hbo um genius aretha on national geographic and then um last night in like uh i woke up randomly hit the tv and i think it must have been like a replay of an episode but snow piercer was on and I, I, we've talked about this before. I think you try to explain it to me. I still don't understand why there's this massive train, but I think I'm going to try to sit down and, and watch the series, but I don't know if I need to watch the movie as well. I think the, how do I, I know there's like some differences, but basically like, I think the people live on the train as well. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting. And like, there's like a, first class coach of like the rich and fam- not rich and famous but the upper class and then the people in the lower coach areas are the ones right. that for like work to keep the train going it's like a, a sort of like class struggle okay. I heard, heard the series was really good yeah and that's so have I so I think I'm gonna maybe sit down and try to get an episode or, or two of that in yeah I need to start it because I think the first season on HBO Max yeah, and it has Jennifer Conley, uh, David Diggs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so. yeah, a very good cast. Right. All right, for me, um, all I could think of was a Law & Order crossover event, which yeah. will be Thursday. And of course, you know, the series I'm watching week by week. So that's what I'll be watching this weekend. Thanks for listening. That... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that crossover event is going to be huge. I think it's going to pull in big numbers. Yeah, because I mean, people one people still watch SVU, right? Right, and people just love Stabler and Benson, like, right? They're probably two of the most iconic TV police officers in the history of television, right? And I, I think when he left in 2011, a lot of people stopped watching the show, yeah, I, I think so too, yeah. So, him coming back. Um, and getting his own show, it just is definitely going to be like a dose of nostalgia and everything else. I'm, I'm expecting big numbers for NBC as well. 
You have been listening to Ice Ice Rainbow Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. And if you want more, please follow us at AS Life Podcast on social media and visit our website, streamablelife.wordpress.com. Now, next week, we will be tackling the Screen Actors Guild Awards, which I believe are Sunday or Saturday. Sometime I'll have to uh, review that. This is one of the final ceremonies before the Oscars, and I guess we'll sort of maybe find a new NLT series until Watch All Comes Back. Yeah. There'll be a bunch of TV on, so we'll just... Right, and I think we'll kind of do like how when we were doing um, His Dark Materials, you know, we had like two or three going at a time, so... Yeah, yeah, that would be decent, because no telling when when Generation will be back. Right. All right. Until next week, keep streaming. Peace.